let's get into um, Municipal Watch for today. And we're focusing on the issue of uh, traditional leaders and municipalities. And this is in particularly this is particularly where the role of the two tribal authorities and municipalities intersect and some of the challenges that then rural communities especially find themselves facing um, as a result of these tensions over who has the final say on what, especially uh, when it comes to how land is used. And uh, as part of this conversation, uh, we'll, be in, we'll be talking to Billy Masha. Uh, you'd know him as one of our regular listeners. He also happens to be uh, the Limpopo coordinator for the land access movement of South Africa. We're hoping that the deputy chairperson of the Limpopo House of Traditional Leaders will also uh, be part of this conversation including Cocta. And how it all came about was as a result, um, uh, from, it resulted from a call uh, that we received from one of our listeners in the Elias Mozoledi municipality. And he raised an important issue over burial land and said the community had run out of space for the cymmetry but they were un- they, they've been unable to get that extension because when they go to the traditional authority to ask for more land, they send them to the municipality. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. We have a problem with two centers of power from the government and from the traditional leadership. Mm. As I speak to you now, uh, our cemetery here in the village is full. We've been trying to contact the municipality the municipality says they cannot do anything that is communal or traditional land. The land that was allocated for the cemetery, it is now being sold by the traditional leadership for residential purposes. Not only the land for, for, for the cemetery, but also grazing land uh, that uh, our livestock graze on. And also the land that we are plowing our mill on. So, because you know, in Limpopo, we don't have water. It depends on rain. So where we are plowing our mill, our maize, it's been turned to a residential area. So we don't know, because we also have another problem of mining, whereby sand is mined. Uh, big, trump, big trucks come here to our village and dig our land. You know, the land that was inherited, you know, from generation to generation. And the land was given by the old government with documentation. The now traditional leadership says that uh, they now the documentation is now invalid because it's like from the old apartheid. Uh, so they need to exchange the old paperwork for a PTO, which is about a thousand. I don't know how many thousands they will get uh, for the whole village. One of which we don't know what they are doing with that kind of money because no, they don't provide any services uh, to the village. Because even a democratically elected system, uh, like our justice system, still uses some of the apartheid laws. Uh, we don't know why uh, the traditional leadership keep, t- keep taking money from the community while they have been paid by government every month. So that was the call from Mashimani out in the Elias Motualedi municipality. Billy, good morning to you. Thank you for your time uh, in, in, and for agreeing to be part of this conversation. A very good morning to you, Kathy. Welcome. 
I think a good place for us to start, Billy, and Mashiman in that clip, of course, has explained the problem that communities are, are facing here. But as somebody who works for an organization that is about access to land, how would you describe the problem um, that is being faced by communities, especially when it comes to these two centers of power and this contestation really of of authority at at a very local government level because yes local government is is the face of delivery but we know that tribal authorities play a very significant role especially in rural communities and often there is that contestation thank you Katie. you see there are no two centers of power in South Africa. There's one center, and that center is the government of South Africa. It's got three layers or tires. You can call it national, provincial, or local. I mean, and local. Now, at the level of local, there are two tires or sub-tires, let me say so. This is, this is the district and the local. You see, around here in Mpopo, we've got five districts. Namely, Skukoni, Katukon, Mopani, Venden, Waterbeck. These are districts. Under this district, there are 25 local municipalities. It's not 24 now, I guess, yeah. Now, let's take an example of Skukoni. It's got four locals. It's Fetaho Mutuvasu, it's Makuritamara, now, within this particular locus, there are many duplicates of traditional communities. The marshals, the pashas, whoever you can name them, they just differ from one name to another. But these are basically the same kind of people. They are cousins, they are cross cousins, they are all the sort of things. Now, during apartheid, during colonialism, Sepstone decided to divide our people into such uh, things called tribal communities or whatever. Now, our people became so divided to the level that even the marshals themselves we can't divide them amongst themselves. There are two marshals here in the same municipality. There are two pashas. There are two intervalists. There are two whoever masemalas. Now, they were divided because they wanted our people not to focus on what is central to their survival, land. Now, they'll have land disputes. They'll fight over one another. And about that, then will come a white man who takes charge and demarcate this land. It happened in 1936. They divided this land into farms. They called them farms. Now, this farm belongs to this particular marsha and that farm belongs to that particular marsha. And then in between the two marshals, there's a different one. Let's say it's Pasha. Now, these people become obsessed with such artificial boundaries. Near fence, like 
your neighbor there where you live. At least there you can have a wall. A near sense that you can see through what's happening on the other side. Now our people begin to fight over the great land, farming plots, residential, and even mining now. So with time, this has uh, was elevated to the level of the so-called centers now, tribal authorities, a particular traditional authority will have power and administration of a particular land. Now, as and when they start saying that they manage that land out of imagination, which is not a reality, a reality land is managed by government. And, and, and these particular traditional leaders are used as, 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 as uh, can you call it, rangers. Yeah, they used to call it rangers then, to look after the people and their livestock, who creates where and who stays where. This thing became uh, obsessed uh, within our people and of late, they have now become distant. I can start one here between our people and the other. You find that a, a particular group has occupied our land this time. Now, we, they, we took them to court. We said, no, we cannot occupy our land. Court says, no, you can evict them. But court will not assist us. We, we cannot we'll be able to evict them. Come, municipal service now, water pipeline. Turns from the other side to our side. Then they said, no, this part cannot pass through our sea. It's our land. Now they blocked a pipeline for water. And in turn, we block what? Electricity. They must get electricity. Then uh, we, 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 we go to ESCOM. You can't give those people electricity. You see now, now our people are suffering. We cannot get services because there are traditional councils at loggerheads with each other. Only to find these people are cross-cutting. They relate, they go to the weddings, they go to the funerals of each other, but they just keep on one basic source of development, which is land. Because the same government approved of these things unconsciously or consciously. It approved that traditional councils can manage land, which is not true. Of late, by 2013, there was an act which was passed in Parliament. It's called Pluma, Partial Planning Land and Land Administration, like that. Now, that act gave effect to municipalities to manage land on behalf of communities. Guess what? National leaders stood up and said, no, we reject this act. Now, well, they, go, they went around, and in 2017, the sitting president promised them, life, hey, no, we are going to, we are going to reduce Luma by 2017. You can call them there uh, by, what's the place called, uh, next to the airport there, in, in West Hambo. Now, this year, he came here in Mbubu. The president was here. The same president just asked him, you promised us to review Pluma and you have not reviewed it yet. So the president said, this is a law. I can't review it on my own. You must engage this thing and 
go through parliamentary ways. They started fighting amongst each other now. And 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 the, the other one is not being expressed because he went to the stand of even inciting the president, saying no, the president was a liar and all these kind of things. So they told him no. This is an act of parliament. If you want to change it, there are two ways. You take it to court or you go through parliament. They do not want to go through that. Because the same president has signed an act called traditional leaders. I mean, it's called the traditional and question leadership act, which gives the same traditional leaders power to sign for any deals which happens within their territories. Now we, as Lamosa, we have taken the same act to court, because we are court. So this court, I mean, this, this particular act is unconstitutional. Mm. So, because so, the law says there's only one center, and the center is the person government, which is the municipality in the level of local. So, so, so the Billy, the, the reality is that th- there are these cr- contradictions that exist in law that have not made the situation any easy, especially for for communities that are, are facing difficulties, like the example you have given us, um, yes. where you have these two communities at loggerheads and are now able to stop development um, th- that is taking place because they simply don't agree on, 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 on some of the issues. Local local government as it stands should be the final arbiter over these conflicts. But because ultimately, if a local municipality says we are going to introduce bulk infrastructure here, they, as you have highlighted, have the right to do so as you know, custodians of the function of local government. Why is it that you find local government shying away from that responsibility? And letting then traditional leaders get away with the resistance, get away with ultimately having their way. A very good question, Kathy. You know, during apartheid, the the Bandistan government will do, do whatever they please. They will even evict the whole community. Let me give an example of that one at Greenfest. They get one community from one side to, to another side, from one authority to another. And there was no problem. The problem now becomes this government. It's, it, it is a listening government. And the more you listen beyond listening, people take advantage of you. They know you're not going to tell them anything. Secondly, the question says very clear. Chapter 12. That state may state may develop a policy. It does not state must develop a policy. So these traditional authorities, they are not they are not an authority. They are not a center of power. They are like churches. They must be treated like the way they treat churches. There are associations of people. Authority's government is called the legitimacy of the people. It draws its mandate from the people. The same people, even the chief, vote for the same government. But in turn, they, <laughs> they can divide for whatever it wants to do. 
is worse. I think we we are the victims of our own victories. Look, I think, and I think that this issue is is often not paid attention to, uh, or at least close attention to. And I'd really love to hear from some of our listeners in terms of what the experience has been. Um, we were, of course, scheduled to be joined by uh, Hosi Bulewu Ram, Ramupudi, who is the deputy chairperson of the Limpopo House of Traditional Leaders. However, uh, it looks like he's no longer available for this conversation. Uh, the MEC for Cocta also no longer available for this conversation. But we can use it still as an opportunity to hear from members of the communities uh, to find out what then the challenges that they experience when it comes to this tension over who has the final say um, over land in particular uh, that is also considered to be under tribal authority because it is something that um, as Billy was highlighting in 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 if you look at um, at the Spluma, if you look at the Spatial Planning and Land Use Management Act 16 of 2013, that sets out very clearly who plays what role. However, the interpretation of that and what is seen at a local level is very different. Gordi, you're calling us from Bolokwane. Good morning. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. You know what? This thing, <laughs> this thing of the the chiefs and the government itself. Mm. Really, in South Africa, it is not clear. In South Africa, it is not clear. In a sense that we need to look into where the issue of ownership of land comes from. To start with. If we say the government is the center, when was the government established in South Africa? Who established that government? And what was the intention of establishing that government? Because I tend to believe that the whites, that the ones, the Europeans established the government on top of the land that they found owned by the black people, which we had the chiefs. And when they established that government, our chiefs, our forefathers were not participating in that establishment. They were forced to abide by those laws that, of, of the apartheid system. Mm. And the South African democratic, democratic government Kodi. inherited... Hi, hi Koti. J- just hold yeah. on for me. I'll give you a chance to uh, to finish what, what you're saying. It's 11.30. Let me go to the latest headlines and uh, I'll continue with this conversation after this. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. All right. Thanks for that. And, and apologies, uh, Eva Chipa, there with the latest uh, news headline uh, headlines, that is. Koti in Polokwane, so you're basically questioning this issue of who has the final say and how that ha- has come about. Yes, yes, Katie. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, the very, same, the very same democratic government that we're saying is democratic government inherited what the apartheid system has established over a black person on his land. So as a result now, 
I heard your 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 your, your panelist story of Cora that, that who was explaining this. You cannot even understand what he was saying uh, because the, the, when where you found that the two chiefs are uh, are divided, there are two chiefs and so forth. Let me tell you, I've got the experience of where it comes from this uh, 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 the fighting of the two chiefs during the time of Lobua, If you could remember, uh, Padre was to be overthrown from the chief uh, uh, as a chief minister. Then realizing that. He doesn't have the numbers in the government. He was about to be overthrown. He established the, the, the parallel chief, chieftainships. He gave others the, 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 the certificate of chiefs to become chiefs, even when they're not qualified to be chiefs. You know? So that is why we have the chiefs are fighting today for over one land. And the government does not make it clear that where they inherited this land. You cannot just come today and say, no, I'm the owner of the government, but you cannot give us the history where you get that, that land from. They just inherited what they don't know where it comes from. It's a, so there is a great problem of land here in South Africa. But what I can say clearly, the chiefs, they've got the rights of the land because of they've been there even from before. So, so God, uh, do, 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 do you think, uh, sorry to come in there, do yes. you think that's why government is in some instances reluctant then to intervene where there are disputes over matters of land, just just like in this case study that, that we're talking about today, where, you know, the, the local chief is saying, if you want the cemetery extended where the cemetery already exists, um, we, we, can, we can't make that decision. You have to go to the municipality. And the municipality clearly doesn't want to get involved, even though... It does have the right to get involved because this is about spatial planning and, and land use for municipal services. Kathy, exactly. I just I just finished valuing I valued a land in Mamawolo area. It's under the tribal authority. I valued that land where municipality, Polokwane municipality, or like to extend uh, the graveyard. Then the agreement is to exchange land or either they should be monetary compensation to acquire that land to the, to the tribal authority. The only problem where it comes, Casey, it is, you know, I remember during those times, the, the tribal authority used to have uh, the, 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 the trust bank or the trust account, whereby they assist the communities with things like water and all these things. But today, the problem, because of the chiefs are fighting, even those trust accounts that are no longer there, they are not existing. But if the government could go back and establish those trust accounts, that is where the, 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 the issue of power will be neutralized. Because everyone wants to control money, even where it is unnecessary. So the government, it is not giving the direction. That is the problem where we are. The government does not have a direction as to whether, how are we dealing with this matter? You have a councillor, you have a chief, who is superior there? Yep. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that, Koti. Uh, thanks Thank for that contribution. Let me go to Tabo in Tabanchu. Hello, Tabo. Hi, Casey. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm very well. Thank you for taking my call. Tabo, yeah, from Tabanchu, from an organization called Tilinjila Batu. Look, uh, Tabanchu, as you would know, it's a former... Uh, homeland of Buputatwana, so it falls in the space, even though it's in the free state. 
And we have uh, an example of a similar situation that uh, transpired where, for example, the likes of Sun International, they built hotels on the tribally owned land, you see. So they got ahead of time what they called 99-year lease agreement. And these days, I think they call it the PTO. But I think the gentleman, what he was saying earlier about the two centers of power, it's actually the administrative part, which is separate from the authority part over the land. So in other words, if the land is under the custodianship and the authority of the tribal authority, is the tribal authority that can give anyone permission to occupy that land and do whatever they do. Even if it's a construction of a road or construction of a building or if it's a business, that tribal authority has got the power to either issue uh, access to that land or to decline it. However, once that is in place, the administrative part of that is not even done by the municipality. <clears throat> it is actually done by the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform. They are the custodian over the land that is under the authority of the traditional council. So I can give you so many examples, but that's exactly what needs to happen. However, when it comes to services like refuse collection and all the other services that are provided by the municipality, that's where the municipality comes in. They cannot abdicate the responsibility to the traditional council to say they're the ones that must give you the toilets and the roads and so on and so forth. The re municipality remains responsible for that. But I think it, it requires public participation and education for people to understand. The land under the traditional authority is the authority of the king or the chief or the people, the tribal authority, to give someone permission to occupy that land and use that land for whatever they want to do. But the paperwork in terms of uh, having legal documents to show that you have control over that land is done administratively by rural development. So it becomes a very interesting topic because in Tabanchu, in the free state, we are dealing with such issues where development needs to happen in those areas, but the municipality then abdicates their responsibility, Kathy. So uh, mm. that's what I wanted mm. to say. Mm. Tabo, thank you so much for, for, for that insight that, that you've given as part of this conversation. And you're right. I think a lot more needs to be done to fully understand just yeah. where the, the different yeah. separations of duties, mm. including administratively, uh, come yeah. in. Because, because I found Can I even, just say, yeah, before you go, ahead. Kathy, mm -hmm. uh, for, for example, the example that I gave you in terms of Sun International, in Trabancho, we have, uh, it used to be three-star, four-star, or five-star hotels that were built by Sun International at the time. And it was built on the land that was owned by the traditional council or the tribal authority. When the businesses closed due to COVID-19 and the businesses were no longer profitable, Sun International didn't say, I want to sell these uh, premises or the hotels. They cannot sell the hotels because they only had permission to occupy the land and do business on that land. So after they've left, the buildings are still there and they're still under the authority of the traditional council. However, administratively, anybody who wants to occupy those hotels, because a lot of people have wanted to occupy those hotels because now they are white elephants. No one is using those hotels. It's the Department of Rural Development that has got control over that uh, buildings because it uh, sits on the land that is owned by the traditional council. So anybody can go and say, I'd like to occupy this building. I know, for example, in Hamaskra, there's a, a Marula Sun, if I'm not mistaken, or one of those hotels that is a white elephant. So it's a similar situation. I know in the free state, uh, the provincial government wanted to occupy Naledi Sun. They want to turn it into a social development uh, offices. 
So they don't have authority over it because the custodianship administratively it's with rural development, but the land is still owned by the traditional council. So that's All just right. one example. All right. Yeah, thanks, Kathy. Thank you so much for, for your contributions to this You're conversation. Welcome, I really appreciate it. Sakatlin uh, Mangwe. Kathy, good day and how are you? I'm well, thank you, Sakatli. Go for it. Yeah. I think I know the reason why that chief was uh, no longer available. He was recalled because they think maybe he can fumble. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, um, we, it's time that we need to know the truth between the municipality and, uh, the, and the, the leadership, the tribal leaderships. Because at some stage, what they I think they know is just to give uh, out even the land, even at uh, at a high cost. They don't care whether the place is on a safe uh, area. It's, 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 it's within the safest to to the residential um, to be occupied by the people or not. But when the the, the flood starts, uh, sweeping those people away, that's when they ask the municipality to assist and they ask the government. It's time that they should understand that if they want to work for the Coxter, let them work for Coxter, then they get paid. And then there is no problem with that. But if they have to sell everything to us uh, and and think we must also pay what is so-called levy. I don't know if ever you know something about levies that they want us to pay monthly so even when you need, you've got a function your you, 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 daughter is graduating you just have to take a piece of uh, a nama or from a wish so that they can just eat shot. i think it's unfair they must also understand that we are all the people and then they we, we, they must just uh, decide whether they must go with their tribal uh, leadership sites or they must work. If they want to work, let them get uh, 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 the salaries from Coxter and then forget about uh, renting those other places for, for us. Technically, we are renting and they are all, we are also paying tax, which is forming part of their salaries. It's so unfair. Mm-hmm. It's a robbery. Yeah, yeah, and and Sahati, that's such that's an issue that that comes up a lot, hey, around uh, the extent to which some of these chiefs are actually making money out of land that is supposed to benefit the community, but often is only benefiting themselves. But but let me leave it there with you for this morning, Sahati. Uh, in Pretoria, Motladi. Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. No, I'm fine, my sister. Thanks very much. I think. Um, um, Issue of uh, um, some of them live in Gorelu. Um I think it just made because we also had this problem in my village. Mm. This one was not uh, between the municipality and, and chief, but it was between ourselves and the chief. And so earlier on, I had one of the callers said that the chiefs uh, they are in charge of the land, they control the land. That is not true. Uh, the chiefs are custodians of the land on behalf of the communities. Um, the chiefs cannot take the decision to, to do whatever they left without the community. I'm, I'm speaking from experience here because um, there's, what, there's an act called EPRA, International Protection Land Rights Act. That act says that whenever a chief wants to, distribute, to give out the land, a community must be called and be part of that meeting, and my community must be able to give a consent on that. So I can have example what happened in the village, Rasia or Block 17, already. Our chief. Uh, together, 
with the Mujaji Council, they agreed to take our land. They gave to a particular businessman. And when we challenged that, and they told us that they're in charge of the land, we went to the Brooklyn High Court. We won the case, they made appeal, the full range, the Toronto case, Toronto High Court. We won the case, they won the Supreme Court of Appeal. We won the case because the court said the chief has got no right to give whatever the land without the community. So on the basis of a terror, we were able to win that case. So it's very true that in Mpopo there's a serious problem of chiefs where they do as they wish, and which is very wrong. And what I see in the future, we're going to have a serious problem whereby communities, you know, what they do, and revolting against the chiefs because they're abusing their power. And that is very wrong. And uh, it's something that also government needs to look into this, that communities must be respected. But to also to, the, to have the listeners there, they need to know that there's an act called a terror, Interim of Protection Land Rights Act, which is able to protect communities against chiefs. Mutlaji, thank you for this contribution. And, and you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed by the fact that um, some of the guests that we had planned for this conversation um, were not able to come because I, I was hoping that we would have some of the clarity that we need um, where it concerns really the legislation that governs the space, right? So that we understand what the legislation is and who does it really uh, give power to at the end of the day. But let me thank you all for uh, your contributions and the various case studies that you have shared with us this morning. On that note, we're going to leave it there, but we are going to have this conversation again um, because I, I certainly would also want there to be clarity um, in as far as what the law says around the functionings of uh, those that uh, tribal authority and local municipalities. But we'll have to leave it there for this morning. Uh, back with you again tomorrow at 9 o'clock on The Talking Point. The update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo is coming up next. As always, we'll leave you with the book reading. Kathy Motlatana on SAFM.